And now, the world's most exciting podcast, The Savage Nation, home of borders, language, culture. Here he is, Michael Savage. I'm not going to put my wife in a hijab, and I'm not going to put my daughter in a burqa, and I'm not getting on my old fours and braying in Mecca, and you could drop dead if you don't like it. Actually, this is a good introduction to the podcasters. I'm reading from Countdown to Mecca. And this is in the book about um, a military guy. He was probably right. Brooks inwardly sighed, if only the fourth estate was filled with more people like Jack Hatfield, he thought. Hatfield would have communicated the fact that Brooks was not a lunatic, borderline, or otherwise. Hatfield would have known and reported that while Brooks had spent his entire adult life in military uniform, he had worked hard to keep his perspective as wide as possible. He'd study art, voraciously read history. The final stages of the Eastern Roman Empire were a special interest and had been since his second year at the Virginia Military Institute when he was 15. This is in Countdown to Mecca, leading up to today's interview. Later at command school, he had produced a 300-page report on the Fourth Crusade, analyzing the social aspects as well as the military ones. He was equally at home talking about how a Roman sculptor carved the statue as how a modern army moved to battle. This broad background made Brooks acutely aware of the danger Islam posed to the West. The administration was particularly blind and stunningly inept. Now, remember, I wrote this book, Countdown to Mecca, uh, in what year? It's so very important we look back to the year this was published, not that I need a, a halo. There's a reason for this mention. This was uh, published in 2015, right? Isn't that something? Savage. Michael Savage, a host like no other. Middle East on the brink, North Korea on the brink, Iran increasing its aggression, elections in Taiwan. Look, there's a lot of global instability as we ourselves plunge into primary season. How have you sheltered your savings and investments from potential major setbacks to the economy? You think it can happen here? It can happen here, but it's not too late to diversify an old IRA or 401k into gold. And Birch Gold Group can help you with that. Birch Gold is the only gold company I trust. As opposed to many other investments, gold thrives in times of uncertainty. It is an important part of diversifying your savings. Now listen, here's how Birch Gold can help make it a part of yours. Birch Gold will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold. And it doesn't cost you a penny out of pocket. You want to learn more? Just text SAVAGE to 989-898 for a free info kit. S-A-V-A-G-E, text it to 989898 and you get a free info kit. It costs you nothing. Just text SAVAGE to 989-898 with an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, countless five-star reviews, and thousands of happy customers. I encourage you to arm yourself with the knowledge of diversification through precious metals. Protect yourself. Text SAVAGE to 989-898 and claim your free info kit. Protect your savings with gold. Do it now. Text SAVAGE to 989-898. Thank you very much. Birch Gold is the only gold company I trust. Text SAVAGE to 989-898. The administration was particularly blind. Who was in power in 2015? And stunningly inept. Sounds like Biden, doesn't it? But even the president's firmest critics were mostly unaware of the deep movements of history that were taking place. Sound familiar, Karen? 
analysts focused on regime change in one country and popular movements in another, while completely missing the deep radicalization that had swept Islam and informed every aspect of Muslim life. Jack Hatfield would have understood all that. So in other words, we're going through this right now with Hamas. We went through it with ISIS, Al-Qaeda. The poor men without legs and arms in this country know very well the threat of radical Islam. But unfortunately, we've been so penetrated by the Muslim Brotherhood and now the Muslim Sisterhood in the form of the squad that this radicalization of Islam has now entered the halls of Congress and is being taken as an alternate voice. The squad is the general motors of hate. Now we go to our guest, Robert Spencer, who uh, I've known from the years in radio, director of Jihad Watch, and a Shulman Fellow at the David Horowitz Freedom Center. Robert is the author of 27 books, including The Politically Incorrect Guide to Islam and The Truth About Muhammad. Well, we got to go into this. The Critical Quran Explained from Key Islamic Commentaries. Boy. And his new book is The Sum Ter Gambit, How the Left is Trying to Foment the Civil War of Fort Sumter. Coming November 23, by the way, same publisher as mine for uh, a Savage Republic, Bomber their Books, is Empire of God, How the Byzantines Saved Civilization. Great guest, Robert Spencer. Welcome to the Michael Savage podcast. So, Robert, I introduced you already, your incredible background. You were on my radio show many times years ago, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We, yeah. we share something in common as well, the same publisher. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Which is great. And I talked about all your great books. And I remember the years we were trying to warn the world about Islam. Uh, nobody paid any attention. No, no. They called us extremists and nuts and racists. Every we're name both of banned from the UK, if I recall correctly. I still can't go there for the great cuisine or the dental care. <laughs> I can't either. <laughs> Are you also banned from the UK? Yeah, we're both banned. Oh, my goodness. Well, at least we can go to Ireland, I guess, if we need to. Yes. You know, in this recent uh, massacre in Israel, we saw black Muslims capturing women, tying them up and throwing them into jeeps and kidnapping them. Who were those black uh, Muslims that were well, fighting alongside the, the Hamas? Who are they? I mean, where they come they, from? They could have been from anywhere. Jihadis tend to go where the jihad is being waged. And so they may have been from West Africa because there's a very hot jihad going on in Nigeria right now. And... <clears throat> The, the Nigeria is in major crisis. There's a serious attempt to establish a caliphate in West Africa. And so they could have been from there. In the 90s, we saw jihadis from all over the world go into Bosnia. And then right after that, it was Afghanistan. And so it may be that Hamas sent out some kind of communication to jihadis from elsewhere in the world that they should come to Israel to get into the action on October Because 7th. they get $10,000 per captive and they get to rape all the women that they can uh possibly manage that's Islamic and, ki love. and kill children. That's part of their religion, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it am, is. I, am I saying the truth? Is that because they just released these two old women mm -hmm. and one of the women said, oh, they told us that they don't. The Quran forbids them from uh, hurting women and children. That's totally. Yeah, it is. 
The Quran allows for the rape of infidel women who are captured. They're called captives of the right hand. And there are four passages in the Quran, chapter 4.3, 4.24, 23.1-6, 33.50, and 70.30. So people can look up and see what I'm saying. Wait, wait, this is important. It, the, because this is one of the biggest propaganda coups that Hamas ever had. They released these two elderly women from, from the kibbutz, keeping their husband, 85. And she said they treated us well. And they told us that the Quran says they're not allowed to mistreat women and children. What does the Quran say about treating how to treat women and children captives during a jihad? The Quran talks about captives of the right hand. And it specifically says that captives of the right hand you can have sex with. You can have as many as four wives, but also the captives of the right hand in unlimited number. What's and a captive of the right hand? Spoils of war, women you capture in wartime. And so they are non-Muslim women who've been captured by the jihadis during a jihad excursion, and they can be made essentially into sex slaves. Hamas has done this. We saw ISIS do this with the Yazidi women a few years back. Oh, yes. Haram do this in Nigeria a few years before that. You remember Michelle Obama holding up the sign, bring back our girls. Well, those were girls that the Boko Haram jihadis had kidnapped to make into captives of the right hand. And Hamas is doing the same thing because it's in the Quran. Nobody can tell them it's the wrong thing. So to it was do. total. B in other words, these poor women were were real spewing propaganda that they told them to say the women didn't know any better. They were scared. They lied to them. They the, Muhammad also says that lying is forbidden, except for a husband to tell his wife lies to smooth things over in their relationship. And during wartime, he said war is deceit. And so expect Hamas to be lying through in wartime. It's it's Oof. part of the religion. It's part of what's allowed. You know, Robert, years ago, so I wrote a series of books, including they're out of print, really. Countdown to Mecca, which is an, a hell of a you know adventure novel. And it's about a military plot to blow up Mecca during the Hajj. U.S. military and Jack Hatfield knows that could set off World War Three. And he races to stop the generals and the military guys who are conspiring to blow up Mecca. It's a crazy twist on reality. But the point that my mentioning the book is that in the writing of it, I'm going to run this by you because I know this is an expert, an area of expertise for you, uh, is the uh, fact that the history of Islam is not one of peace. It's one of conquest and war. It is not a religion of peace. And what we have now is an obsolete neoliberal and neoconservative view of Islam that is totally fraudulent with regard to our own survival. And I now turn the the floor over to the expert on the subject. Oh, I couldn't agree more. That's absolutely right. That's 100 uh, percent. Islam is the only religion that's got a developed doctrine, theology and legal system calling for warfare against unbelievers. And so uh, there are many Muslims, of course, who are not going to fight that. But those who do fight, they understand that they're doing the will of Allah, and the ones that sit at home are not doing the will of Allah, and they are therefore superior. So not only does Islam teach warfare, but those who carry out those teachings consider themselves to be the true Muslims. 
So the killers are the true Muslims. Yes. The true warriors of God. The ones who are doing what Allah commanded. What does Hezbollah mean? It means the party of God, doesn't it? That's right. So they actually think they're doing God's work by killing, raping, murdering, pillaging, and burning villages. The Quran says, kill them wherever you find them. Says it three times. So are we being Islamophobes, as, as Biden's stooge would have said the other day? Anyone who knows what Islam really is is now an Islamophobe to this government? Yeah, that's, that's essentially the understanding of the word. But the real meaning of the word is anybody who knows the truth about Islam and isn't uh, afraid to say it. So, look, you have tried to sound the alarm. You will call every name under the sun. I've been banned from England and marginalized or attempted to be marginalized. But the fact is, we see what just happened in Israel and the worst is yet to come. We all see this. It seems like they sense weakness. And they're about to really strike the little Satan, which is Israel. They think Israel's weak. And if they attack from all fronts, Israel cannot survive. Savage. The Savage Nation. It's Savage On Demand. Middle East on the brink. North Korea on the brink. Iran increasing its aggression. Elections in Taiwan. Look, there's a lot of global instability as we ourselves plunge into primary season. How have you sheltered your savings and investments from potential major setbacks to the economy? You think it can happen here? It can happen here, but it's not too late to diversify an old IRA or 401k into gold. And Birch Gold Group can help you with that. Birch Gold is the only gold company I trust. As opposed to many other investments, gold Gold thrives in times of uncertainty. It is an important part of diversifying your savings. Now listen, here's how Birch Gold can help make it a part of yours. Birch Gold will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold. And it doesn't cost you a penny out of pocket. You want to learn more? Just text SAVAGE to 989-898 for a free info kit. S-A-V-A-G-E, text it to 989898 and you get a free info kit. It costs you nothing. Just text SAVAGE to 989 with an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, countless five-star reviews, and thousands of happy customers, I encourage you to arm yourself with the knowledge of diversification through precious metals. Protect yourself. Text SAVAGE to 989-898 and claim your free info kit. Protect your savings with gold. Do it now. Text SAVAGE to 989-898. Thank you very much. Birch Gold is the only gold company I trust. Text SAVAGE to 989-898. Have you become a victim of the timeshare trap? You think there's no way out? Well, Chuck McDowell, founder of Wesley Financial Group, has helped over 35,000 families out of financial hardship by getting them out of bad timeshares, and they may be able to help you too. Listen, if your timeshare agreement goes on forever, if you were told timeshares are a great investment or your maintenance fees will never go up, yeah, you need to get the facts about timeshare cancellation. For over 10 years, Wesley Financial Group has been dedicated to helping folks get out of a lifetime of debt by canceling their timeshares. So they created a free timeshare exit information kit that reveals how the timeshare industry works and your options for cancellation. To get your free timeshare exit information kit, simply go to iCancelTimeshare.com. That's iCancelTimeshare.com. I'll say it one more time. I cancel timeshare.com. Thank you very much. I cancel timeshare.com. Robert, my nightmare scenario is unfolding 
But the last piece of the scenario is not yet unfolded. We keep hearing from weaklings like Blinken, who is suddenly acting like a tough guy, which makes me sad and angry at the same time. I'm sure the mullahs are shaking in their cloaks every time Blinken threatens them. I see by your smile that you so agree with me. Uh, so they in, on one hand, they freeze the money to Iran. They unleashed, released the money to Iran. They let them sell weapons around the world. They push Iran and Russia together by backing the Zelensky regime in Ukraine. Pushed Russia and Iran into the same camp along with China. I'm not a big fan of Zelensky, and I don't want to argue with you over that one. I, I just don't even want to go there. But as this war between Ukraine and Russia was evolving, Robert, I kept saying to people on my wherever I could, this is going to lead to more war around the world because war feeds war. It doesn't feed peace. And then the others see that we're distracted. And now we learn today, Robert, I couldn't believe it. It's just what we were saying. The 155 millimeter artillery shells that we had provided to Israel, 50% of them, we forced Israel to send to Zelensky's gang in, in Ukraine. And now we said to Zelensky, send them back because Israel needs them. We can't even make enough weapons for the wars that we have provoked around the world. So if I could see that, I'm only a podcaster. I'm pretty sure the Iranians see it. Did the old Persian Empire come back to life, aren't they? Stupid, they're not. Stupid, they're not. Mm -hmm. The Iranians see weakness. They understand the world in terms of strength and weakness. Hmm. They see Biden handing them $6 billion and giving $148 million to the Palestinians, and they see, oh, he's weak. He's trying to buy us off. And that just signals to them step-up operations, not be conciliatory in return. Robert, you're an expert in all these subjects and the titles that you wrote speak. For, I'm going to read the titles again. The Politically Incorrect Guide to Islam. You couldn't get that published today. The Truth About Muhammad. You couldn't get that published today. Regnery would throw you out the door if you even suggested it. <laughs> the History of Jihad from Muhammad to ISIS. You couldn't get that. <laughs> well, Bombardier published it. He's great, Anthony. OK, yes. I mean, so many books. You know. For the last couple of years before this debacle in Israel, this terror event, we heard nothing about Islam and radical Islam. It's just they went silent. And we kept saying, where are they? You can't even mention it. And my books looked like they were passe. These old books about countdown to Mecca, like, wow, you know, who's going to read about Mecca now and Islam? They've gone quiet. Did they go quiet or were they just laying and wait for a time of weakness like now under Biden and the criminal gang around him? Yeah, they were very much laying in wait. There was a uh, drop off of attacks in the United States, particularly when Trump took over. And it didn't pick up right again when Biden took over either, because the strategy was chosen and it was followed to lull us into complacency. Huh. It worked great. I've had the same experience you have, Michael, people saying to me, oh, you're so 2005. <laughs> you're still talking about this and well i'm still talking about this because it's still real and we saw that on october 7th and we see that actually every day in the united states in ways most people do not realize <laughs> but there are bodies coming across the border you there got me laughing robert i'm sorry when you said oh you're so 2005 my assistant <laughs> karen just dug up a tape from 2004 where i did a live performance at the concrete pavilion in front of 7,000 people and the whole thing was about the dangers of Islam, dangers of radical Islam. And I, 
she found it on YouTube. Okay, but the thing is, you could never have said that six months ago without being nobody would have rented you a room or a hall. You couldn't get a article published on the dangers of Islam. And just the other day, this rotten human being, Karen Jean-Pierre, who works for Biden, a despicable human being, had the nerve to say there's no anti-Semitism in America. We should be worried about Islamophobia. Did you hear that one, Robert? I'm sure you did. What, did. what are you what were your reactions to Karen Jean-Pierre daring to say that the Muslims are now subject to hate crimes in America? It's it's obscene and it's not factual. We just had the synagogue leader in Michigan brutally murdered and, and not, no information has come out, which is all the more suspicious. I've been asked. And the police chief says, wait, we don't know who did it, but we know it's not a hate crime. Why? Yeah, Make sense of that. Yeah. The, obviously, they don't want it to be a hate crime because it doesn't fit the left's narrative. So they have to find but, a white stooge who did it. Yeah. Jean-Pierre is going against years and years and years. You know, the FBI actually stopped publishing its hate crime statistics every year because they don't fit the left's narrative. You can't get hate crime statistics from 2022 or 21 because every year before that, anti-Semitism is the most common reason for the hate crimes and Islamophobia is way down on the list. Obviously, the Biden regime wants to push Islamophobia and downplay anti-Semitism, so you can't get the recent numbers. But this is the same Biden administration just sent two carrier groups to protect Israel. So on one hand, they're acting in a very dramatic, defensive way against the looming war. On the other hand, domestically, they're still functioning as though they're uh, in another universe. So who's running who's running the Biden regime? It's, it's a schizophrenic uh, regime, David. I'm sorry, Robert, isn't it? Very schizzy. Well, they're, they're, they're authoritarians. They're leftists, and so they want to crush dissent. And one of the things that they want to silence as so-called disinformation is anything about what's really motivating the what we saw on October 7th. See, if they can portray it as Hamas lashing out at Israel, and Israel just has to make concessions and everything will be okay, then they can push Israel on that basis. But if we, if you and I and other people start saying, no, this is Islam, this has nothing to do with what Israel does or doesn't do, they're going to keep coming. They want to silence that and not make that able to be spoken under the guise of limiting Islamophobia. You know, I tweeted this, I think, 15 hours ago. Islamic nations dominate the Middle East. Only one Jewish state, Israel, Yet anti-American, anti-Jewish members of the U.S. Congress, known as the Squad, which includes occasional Cortex, who was the leader, continue to take the side of the enemy. Is it time to try them for treason and deport them? Now, I know that's a stretch for most people to say, how can you deport an American? Well, it was done before during times of war, by the way. But what is jihad? Because we heard the other day that jihad doesn't really mean war. When you and I both know it means war, doesn't it? What does yeah. it mean? Well, the confusion they're exploiting is the fact that the word itself means struggle. And just like in English, you know, you can struggle to quit smoking or whatever and struggle against the Marxists for civilization. And it's the same word, large or small, struggle. And so it's the same thing in this case. But the actual meaning of jihad, and this is what Karine Jean-Pierre and Joe Biden will never tell you, in Islamic theology is warfare against unbelievers to extend the rule of Islam over them. That's what Israel is facing, and that's what they don't want you to know about. Savage.
The Savage Nation. It's savage, uncut, unfiltered, and raw. Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. If Israel didn't exist, would Islam be on the warpath anyway? Oh, yeah. If Israel if Israel ceases to exist because of jihad, they will be more emboldened than ever and start coming at Europe like you've never seen before. The jihad has existed for 1,400 years, long before the modern state of Israel. It's going to continue as long as there are people who believe in Allah and the Quran and Muhammad. Yeah, but how are you going to stop one billion people from following the tenets? I think people should understand that not all Muslims practice jihad. I mean, I've been in in Fiji many times years ago, and a big Indian population there, and, and Fijians. And many of the Indians are Muslims. In addition to being Hindus, there's also Muslim Indians. None of them were anything but ordinary, peace-loving, hardworking people. They could care less about politics. Isn't it true that it's the, the, uh, the Wahhabi sect of Islam that infected Islam recently to turn it into this warlike uh, uh, political religious establishment? Well, to a great degree, yes, but there's also the Deobandis out of India who are the Taliban comes from and many others. Who, who are they, Robert? The Deobandi school out of India. Deobandi. How do we spell that? D-E-O. D-E-O. D-E-O-B-A-N-D-I. Deobandi school. So they're yeah. radical Muslims in India. You cover right. this in and which they, book? The Taliban comes out of them. Which book of yours just talks most about them? Uh, the Day of Bondies. Hmm. Um, I'm not sure. I, I, probably the history of jihad more than any other. Uh, I do talk about the various different groups that push this throughout history. This is something that is a uh, an obligation in Islam to wage jihad, but there are different ways. You can wage jihad of the sword, but you can also wage jihad of the pen, jihad of the tongue, jihad of the pocketbook. You know, you support jihad groups financially, or you uh, try to spread Islam by writing articles or speaking, and there's a lot of that in the U.S. now. And so you don't necessarily have to go and fight Many Muslims do, many Muslims do not. Also, of course, as in all religions, there are some people who just don't, they're not that devout. And so they don't care that the religion teaches this. They're not going to do it. They're going to go about their lives. Robert, you've dedicated your life's work to this particular topic at great personal risk. You've been targeted for speaking the truth. You've been called every name. You've been banished. Um, are you you're banned in England? Yeah, like you. We're both. Uh, but what, but what, what were you banned for? I was going to go uh, a few years back. Uh, we were going to go, Pamela Geller and I, to lay a wreath at the memorial for Lee Rigby, who was beheaded on a London street. He was a British military officer. Oh, I remember that horrible yeah. story. And oh. the, the guy who beheaded him actually walked up. There was a guy filming in this crazy world today, a guy standing there filming, and the jihadi came up with this bloody knife in his hand and started quoting the Quran to explain why he had just killed this man. 
Anyway, we weren't even going to go speak. We were just going to go lay a wreath at his memorial. But the British authorities are so afraid of Muslim groups in Britain rioting that we were banned. And it's been 10 years now. Wow. Gives a new meaning to the phrase Londonistan. Oh, yeah. But England has a uh, Muslim prime minister, doesn't it? No, he's a Hindu, Rishi Sunak. But the uh, chief minister of Scotland, which is, of course, part of the UK, the second most important part of the UK after England, is a Muslim. Hamza, you- How did that happen in Scotland? I don't understand this. Well, the left has a longstanding alliance with the Islamic groups. Same thing in the United States. You see Ilhan Omar and Tlaib are examples of that. Far left politicians who are Muslims, and they draw from both communities for their support. Hamza Youssef, in the same way, was able to become the far left leader in Scotland, and they're the most powerful party, so he's in. Uh, yeah, who would think in Scotland you'd have a Muslim pro- leader? I, it's that doesn't like say you have a Muslim leader in Israel. Right. Scotland's about as 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 Anglo as you can get. Yeah, well, and yet they've I mean, taken well, over Scotland because of the of the liberalism. Yeah, very much so. There's the mass migration that we've had over the last few years has thoroughly transformed Britain. I was last there right before the ban, uh, a few years before the ban, in 2009. Took a long walk through London, and there are whole sections of London, Michael, where you can walk, you would think you're in Pakistan. You'd think you were in Karachi, not London. You, you don't see a white person you in plain English. You don't see anything on the street that gives you the impression that you're in England, except Unbelievable. some of the signs are in English. And Well, at least you can get a good car. Look at it this way, Robert. At least you can get a good curry now. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I mean, I'm trying to make a bad joke. So jihad, God, we're talking about such serious topics here. You've got a billion Muslims. They're being driven by a small minority of fanatics who are not so small in a minority anymore. With fellow travelers in every European government and fellow travelers in the U.S. Congress, they've come a long way, baby. I don't see this ending, Robert, do you? Oh, no, absolutely not. You know, a few years back, General Petraeus said in Afghanistan, uh, we might not uh, win this for another five or ten years. And I thought, what are you, crazy? You're never going to win this because as long as there are believers in this system, there are going to be jihadis. And it's the same thing. This is something the Western mindset has not really been prepared for. This is a 1,400-year war as far as they're concerned. And they're not prepared to accept that a religion... They can't accept that a religion can be bad, except it's Christianity. The only religion that can be bad is Christianity. That's right. To the people like Blinken and the Biden team. Biden doesn't believe in anything, in my opinion. He's a Machiavellian, uh, semi-senile, whatever. I mean, they gave him some very good sheep colostrum to get him to speak the the other night. He did a very good job after they gave him the sheep colostrum uh, cocktail. (laughs) But Robert, come on. This war has been going on for 1,400 years. It's not ending, even if, let's say Israel, by the way, which looks, you know, I'm having these nightmare scenarios that Israel ceases to exist. Could happen. Incidentally. It could happen, couldn't it? Could happen. And if Hamas ceases to exist, which, of course, we would all hope for, it's still not over. It'll take time to regroup, but yes, they will be replaced. Okay. Wow. See, the third front no one's talked about yet. We know about Gaza. We know about Hezbollah out of uh, Lebanon. But no one's talking about Iran. We keep speaking about Iran as though we can wipe them off the map just with the the, the blink of an eye. That all Blinken has to do is threaten them and Iran's going to stop. 
people should understand, Robert, and I want you to ex- expand on it, that um, Iran is is an extension of the old Persia. Persia had been converted to Islam how many years ago? Oh, that was way back in the 7th century. But people don't know that Persia had not been a Muslim country yeah. prior to the invasion by the Hamases of those days, small armies of a hundred or a thousand men slowly converted Persia into an Islamic nation. It was done through small armies doing what? Exactly what they just did in Gaza. Raping, burning, beheading, and spreading such terror that whole villages would then tell everyone what just happened. And everyone said, the hell with it. I'd rather be a Muslim than have my head cut off. The same thing happened in Egypt, as far as my knowledge goes. People forget Egypt was not a Muslim nation until it was forcibly converted by the Hamas's, Hamas armies of its day, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you know, e- Egypt and Iran are two of the, are, are unusual in the Islamic world in that they had long histories as nations before they were Islamic. And so there's still a historical memory, at least among some people that it doesn't have to be this way. That's particularly true in in Iran because the Shah ran a more of a secular Western-style state. And so there are people our age who remember growing up in that society. They don't like the society that's there now. As a matter of fact, there was an extraordinary survey. I believe it was just last year. Only 40% of Iranians now identify as Muslims. That's because they've had the Islamic Republic for 40 years and they're thoroughly sick of living under it. Oh, I'm aware of it. I, I've spoken to a numerous Iranian people who saw the change after Khomeini took over uh, with the killings, the murders, the rapes. And remember the propaganda in America when uh, the Shah of Iran was running things. They called him every name under the sun, the American left. All we heard about in the 60s was about Savak, the secret police of the Shah, as though they were the worst terror group on the planet. Remember, all we heard was Savak so evil. We know nothing about Islam, nothing about the murderous ideology behind uh, jihad and radical Islam. All we heard was the Shah was installed by America, and he's so evil he had secret police. Yep. And that was because we heard that because the left internationally was allied with Khomeini to overthrow the Shah. And then the leftists in Iran, the Tudeh party, the communist party in Iran, uh, thought we're going to be part of the government and they were all behind the revolution and then Khomeini put them all in prison. And I, Typical I of, of a communist, typical of any authoritarian dictatorship. First you use your enemy and then you throw him in jail or kill him. That's it. Uh, Castro, people don't know Fidel Castro did the same with his initial guerrilla fighters. Those who actually were in the mountains with him who fought to overthrow Batista, were soon thrown into prisons and or killed by Castro because they, they didn't even want communism. He Castro, by the way, people forget, said at the beginning he's not a communist. He was just a revolutionary, wanted to overthrow the evils of the corrupt Batista regime. But he never said he was a communist in the beginning. And then the, when he won, the people said, wait a minute, we never said we were going to be communist. He, he then put them in jail. You want the total power. Savage. Home of borders, language, culture, the Savage Nation. But getting back to our our, um, enemies here, it seems to me they're winning, Robert. Well, in a tremendous degree, they are. Absolutely. 
Do I see a prayer rug in the back of your study there? A prayer rug? No, I don't know what you're seeing. I'm joking. Come on. I, you, I was saying maybe you should get one and we should both practice. Oh, I got all the books. To- on, I'm writing another book, so I got all my sources here by the <laughs> No, I'm joking. Uh, you got to bow to Mecca every day if, you're, if, you, if you get uh, converted. That's happening. It's going to happen. What's going to happen? Come on. Put your crystal ball on. Actually, you know what's going to happen, Mike? I'll tell you. Right now... People are so disgusted with the left's insane social agenda that there's a growing movement on the right of people who should have sense thinking Islam is the way out of this. And oh, oh no. Seriously, there are conservatives, there are people on the right who are praising Islam, talking about how oh. Islam stands against the cultural oh. madness in a way that Christianity yeah. did not. Right, and- right, right, right. They're all, all such from people. Yeah. They're all such clean, wonderful people. Uh, I understand, right. They don't let pornography and they treat their yeah. women so wonderfully. They put women in burqas and, and they make them wear a tent and the women can't drive or teach school. That's how advanced the religion is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but we're going to see. Uh, I, I think that uh, if I predict anything in the next five, 10 years, it's a lot of conversions in the United States by people who are fooled by that idea. A hundred percent coming because they think that they're so clean and pure and oppose all of the uh, cultural perversions of America. Little do they know that they're the biggest dupes on the planet. Uh, oh, yeah. So, Robert, we're having a very pessimistic, depressing conversation. Are we enjoying the last gasp of freedom in America? I, I can't just say, oh, no, we're going to be fine. We, we're, the crisis is very severe and nobody has any guarantee. No country has a guarantee that it's going to continue to exist. We probably grew up thinking it would be inconceivable that the United States could fall in our lifetime. It's not inconceivable at this point. You've got a regime that wants to crush dissent, hates the two-party system, as unless the second party is just controlled opposition, you know, the Washington generals to their Harlem Globetrotters, that's okay. But a real opposition, they don't want. They want to crush dissent, silence dissenters. This is not a recipe for our full functioning as a free society into the foreseeable future. Jeez, you're getting me depressed. I, I call myself an optimistic, an optimistic pessimist lately. And I try to give people uh, encouragement for the future. A lot of people have no encouragement for their own futures, let alone the future of the world. And then this dark specter of Islam is looming over the future of the, of humanity. Well, that all goes together, Michael, because the left loves Islam because they're both authoritarian. They both want to crush dissent. They both inculcate passive obedience to the ruler. Uh, Muhammad said, obey your ruler, even if he's an Ethiopian with a head like a raisin. And most people quote that saying, see what a racist he was. But I think what's more important is he's saying, obey the ruler, even if he's some outlandish person, you have to do what he says. And that lends itself perfectly to the left's program today. All the surveillance on Gaza and on the West Bank, they literally have satellites that fly over these places that could see movement of anything. They have probably the, the greatest surveillance state in the world is Israel, the, allegedly the greatest spy ag- agency on earth, Mossad. Did they let this happen in order to m- mobilize the Israeli people? I don't believe that they would do this to their own people. But is it? It's theoretically possible, isn't it? It's theoretically possible. And the alternative is that they're schmucks. 
Thank they you. They were fooled. Ali Baraka, who's a Hamas top dog, one of the leaders of Hamas, he appeared on Russian television the day after the attack, and he was boasting about how they'd fooled the Israelis. And he said that we let them think we were busy with governing Gaza and were not interested in attacks. And meanwhile, there was unrest fomented in the West Bank that was specifically a diversion to get the Israeli troops over there so that there would be little to no coverage at the Gaza border. And that's how they were able to bulldoze through it. Or- okay, so so has Israel figured out that they were they caught with their, their yarmulkes off and their pants down? I hope they figured it out. I hope they're studying this very carefully and fearlessly without any regard for whose head might roll or who might be found responsible. This is a matter of their survival. Because I think they're going to make it if they go in. I mean, how how long can you signal? I'm going to hit you. I'm going to hit you. Look at my hand, how big it is. I have an iron fist. We're going to crush you. We're going to kill every one of you. Every time we catch one, we're going to crush you. This sounds like to me. Yeah. Well, that's Biden. He's holding them up to try to get a deal about the hostages. But the people negotiating, you know who the people negotiating with Hamas for the hostages are? Who? Qatar. And Qatar is where the Hamas leadership was watching the attacks on October 7th on a screen. And then they got down on their knees and thanked Allah for the massacre of the Israelis. And the Qatari government is on their side, is one of the leading proponents of the Muslim Brotherhood. Hamas is the Muslim Brotherhood in Gaza. And the United States government is depending on Qatar, which is on Hamas's side, to deal with Hamas for the hostages. And we keep hearing how good Qatar is because they got the hostages out. Four hostages are released. And they're our friends. In Qatar. Yeah, that's all for show. That's all the, to turn public opinion in favor of Hamas. So you see, they tell these stories that get disseminated all over the international media, how nice Hamas was to the hostages. Uh, they're not going to harm women and children. And that's a big public relations win. The media war is very important in this. And Israel always loses the propaganda war, partly because the international media is not on its side, but also because it's just not proactive in getting its side out of the story out. You have so many books. I can. I mentioned all of them earlier. Your new book is The Sumter Gambit, meaning Fort Sumter, How the Left is Trying to Ferment the Civil War, Bob Adir Books, my publisher, coming in November 23 by the same time as my book is yours is empire of God, how the Byzantines saved civilization. That's a huge topic. I want to have you back for that one. Uh, but you wrote a book years ago called the Palestinian delusion, the catastrophic history of the middle East process. Robert Spencer, is there a path to peace? There is a path to management of the problem, but there's not a path to peace in the sense of getting the PA and Hamas and Palestinian Islamic Jihad and Fatah and all the rest to accept Israel's existence. They're never going to do that because it's against Islam. Any land that belonged to Islam at any point belongs by right to Islam forever. That's Islamic law that's in the Quran based on chapter 2, verse 191, drive them out from where they drove you out. I got to intervene. You're yeah. now agreeing that the Jews were not there going back to. Uh, no, just the opposite. I'm saying that the Jews were there. That show, I show that actually in the book and they were not driven out. I show proof that they were not driven out in the book, that the Arab higher committee ordered them to ordered the Arabs to leave. But now the propaganda is that they were driven out 
And on that basis, they claim the Quran verse, drive them out from where they drove you out. It's a divine struggle they're fighting. That they but have the land of Israel has been populated by the Jewish people since 2000 B.C. Yes. Jews have been there since 2000 B.C. And I have a timeline yes. and I've talked about it uh, on, on a previous podcast. Any educated person knows that. Everyone they knows. Everybody understands Jews have been there since ancient times. So where did this myth come? They all came there in 1945 or 1946 after Hitler. Where that come from? This is the propaganda that the Palestinian uh media pro produces they're very sophisticated with the propaganda they seized upon the zionist movement to claim that there were no jews ever in that area they even deny the existence of the temple deny all the archaeology oh. they're busy crushing all the artifacts to try to destroy oh my God. evidence of oh the God. It's so demonic it's so land. demonic it's frightening robert oh, yeah oh yeah i haven't been sleeping very well since this attack now i may never sleep again thank you for that but I am losing weight. That's the un only good news about this terror campaign. Oh, that's good. <laughs> I, I, I got to make bad jokes wherever I can, Robert. Uh, wow. People forget again that a third front could open up before I, I, I forget what I was trying to get at before. The Iran-Iraq war, the Iranians wasted one million young Iranian men who they conscripted into their armies. And they ran them over Iraqi minefields. People forget the Iranians wasted one million boys. One million, that's a big number, were forced to run over Iraqi minefields during the Iran-Iraq war. Savage. Michael Savage, a host like no other. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com. What is to prevent Iran from taking another million men and running them into Israel as a like a mob? Like they break into jewelry stores here in, in, in California, New York, right? Flash mobs. Why couldn't they run a flash mob of a million men into Israel from a th and create a third front? That could easily happen. Where Iran would they go? Where would they come into Israel from? Syria. Syria is a client of Iran. And the Syrians, the Assad regime is only still there because of Iran. And Iran, you hear the genocidal rhetoric all the time about how Israel is going to be destroyed, there's going to be no more Israel, and so on. And so they they want to do it, they have the means to do it. Really, it could happen any day. Yes, but Israel wouldn't even know it's coming. They're too busy doing what? They're looking to Gaza, and they're looking to Lebanon. Are they not looking to this mob, this flash mob coming from Iran? Where's Mossad on that? And what would they do to stop that? That's a great existential question, because there's the only way to stop masses of movement like that men, which is using cluster munitions on them and macerating them on the field. That sounds good. I hope it works. Israel <laughs> has faced down enemies before, you know, I mean, uh, combinations of five Arab nations, six Arab nations. Uh, they've dealt with this kind of thing before. They could do it again. And could they do it again? Do they have the the... the 
the willingness and the ability to do it again in this day and age? Yeah, all these 20 and 30 year old techies that are now putting on uniforms. Do you know that many of them do not have tactical vests and Kevlar helmets? My son donated. I don't know if you know this last week, one million dollars to buying ceramic vests and Kevlar helmets for Israel. And I said, wait a minute, how could a country we've given billions of dollars a year to not have vests and helmets for reserve troops? Where'd the money go, Robert? Well, that's a very good question. I don't know the answer. You're going to look into it because I, if this doesn't show corruption in Israel, I'd like to know what does. Well, corruption could be the end of the country. They have to be very careful because they're right on a razor's edge there. And any mistakes, uh, any tolerance for corruption could be the end of the whole country. And so uh, <laughs> if that is. Oh, boy, we're having a, corruption, we're having a hell of a morning here, you and I. We're just Mr. and Mr. Mr. and Mr. Cheer here. <laughs> the Cheer Brothers. Uh, well, you know, freedom, the, the impulse to freedom never dies. <laughs> well, if they win now. <laughs> not over it's never over okay so obama let's end on obama trained trained to hate in an indonesian madrasas comes out now making believe he's for peace when he's really telling israel to not go to war yes yeah, is, he, is uh, he a is he a front man for the muslim brotherhood i wouldn't be in the least surprised uh there of course there were all the rumors when he was president that he was secretly a Muslim and all that. And, you know, I don't even think that's relevant. It doesn't really matter what his personal beliefs are. Right. Is clear and obvious is that he has a clear, an obvious preference for Islam, for the Islamic world, a respect for Islam that he's never accorded to Judaism or to Israel. Well, we had the years of Obama, which were terrible, but they're not over. We know that Biden has considered Obama, too. Yes. I'm going to give Robert Spencer a, a genius on this subject, probably the most knowledgeable man in the world as to what jihad is. You're the, are you still director of Jihad Watch? Yes, sir. Every day we got the jihad news that you're not going to hear anywhere else at jihadwatch.org. Well, uh, OK, let, let's talk about your personal life for one minute without divulging anything. You're not afraid to walk the streets? Well, you know, they've tried to get me twice. How? Maybe Time will be a charm. I, there, in 2015, uh, Geller and I were doing a Muhammad art exhibit and cartoon contest, and a couple of jihadis came from Phoenix to Garland, Texas, where we were having it, eight-hour drive to kill us all. But we had a lot of security, and they got killed in the parking lot when they shot one of our guys. And uh, then wow. in 2017, I was speaking in Iceland and was poisoned by a leftist who slipped something in my drink when I wasn't looking. Iceland? Iceland, yeah. They told me it was going to be quiet. It would be like a mini vacation. Well, I go they, there and speak and uh, have a few days off, but and then I ended up in the hospital. What did they poison you with? Uh, it was uh, MDMA, which is ecstasy. And, you know, people laugh when I say that because they say, oh, you know, I, you took that when I was a kid. Well, I never took it. And yeah. it was overdose levels and it was mixed with amphetamines. Oh. And so I was, not only was I very sick, but well, I went to the emergency room and there's this doctor there with the long beard and the ponytail. And it turns out he's a big leftist activist and he just left me there to die. Didn't do even the basic care in an emergency room. And so, yeah, I, uh, I, I didn't die. And I filed a complaint with the 
Icelandic medical board, but they did nothing. The two guys that did the poisoning, they were going to be prosecuted, but then it all got dropped. They got a very far left government there. And I think I didn't have the right politics for them to, pers- to pursue it, you know? Well, that's a whole separate subject is how the, the nations that were founded by Vikings cave in so quickly to the left and to radical Islam. That's a whole separate topic. What about here in America? Uh, do you have security around the clock? When I speak, I have uh, security. I have arrangements that, like you say, I don't want to divulge anything in regard to specific arrangements because then the more you talk, then the no, more. No, no, I'm not asking you. People adapting. But yeah, I, uh, I take precautions, certainly. The uh, fact is that I get death threats pretty much every day. And uh, there's this one charming guy sends me pic. He likes to do Photoshop, sends me pictures of me with blood, you know, my head severed and the blood. Like Daniel Pearl. Yeah. And and he just likes to send me new pictures. How how does he send them to you? In what form? Uh, Generally on Twitter and uh, sometimes in email. But Hmm. I don't know if he'll ever actually get a chance to do it. But why is he not on a terrorist watch list? By our great I don't DHS. think I'm on the favorite group anymore. You know, the, the, the funny thing about that attack in Garland, Texas, that I just mentioned, Michael, is that there was an FBI undercover agent who was in the car behind the jihadis as they drove into the parking lot of our event. And he was egging them on. He was encouraging them to strike. Why? Telling them, tear up Texas. Why? Well, I think this was Obama's FBI, and they were not on our side. And they wanted oh, Lord. to So it must be much so worse I don't right now. The FBI. I look at this clown up there, this Admiral Kirby. He's an admiral like my dog was an admiral, a, a PR admiral. That's what he is. Never, I don't think the guy could ride an ever, a 20 horsepower Evinrude motor on a, on a rowboat. Admiral Kirby, help Israel go after Hamas. They must be shaking in their boots when they see when they see Jake Sullivan. I guarantee you their sabers are rattling out of their hands. Yeah, well, they know they know weakness. They see the world in terms of strength and weakness. And so they know that we're they were afraid of Trump because he was a little very unpredictable, Mm. uh, crazy, you might even say, and crazy as a fox. And they were terrified of him because they didn't know what he might do to them. Precisely. That's the absolute truth. They know he's not going to do anything except maybe funnel some millions their way. Any final words, Robert? Never give up. It's bleak, but... (laughs) Uh, what was it? Thomas More said, the times are never so bad that good people can't be good in them. The times are never so bad that good people cannot be good in them, cannot be good in them. Yeah, that's beautiful. So, here well, we Robert, are. I don't know how many years it's been since you and I have spoken. I mean, you it's were on my catch up. How many years? T- ten years? Maybe yeah, I would expect about 10, 10 to 15. Uh, and look at that. We're, we're still breathing and we're still doing our work. Yeah. yeah so there you go. There's a there's a win. <laughs> Huh? There's a victory. The victory is surviving. Yes. Robert, every day I get up and I say to myself, just keep going. Just keep moving forward. That's it. That's That's all I say to myself. Take a deep breath and just keep moving forward. You got it. Don't look back. Don't look back. Robert, you give me a tremendous amount of depression. No hope whatsoever. But I love speaking (laughs) with you today. (laughs) <laughs> I was my favorite podcast of the year. The most 
shockingly depressing podcast in the history of my podcast world with absolutely no hope whatsoever to defeat these people. And yet I feel better than I have in years. It's almost we need Jackie Mason in the room to understand that one. You got to know where you are. And then maybe we can figure something out. <laughs> Robert, take care of yourself, would you please? And when your new book comes out, um, Empire of God, How the Byzantines Saved Civilization from Bombardier, tell Anthony I want the book and I want to have you on the show. Okay, great. Thank you. Regards to David. Thanks so much for being with us. Thank you. Bye now. God bless. Take care. Savage. Well, thank you very much for listening to today's podcast. I hope you've enjoyed it and you'll learn something from it. We have about 400 other episodes available for you to listen to absolutely free. You can go back into our vast library of podcasts and listen to any one of them at any time. And remember this, if you want to listen to my podcast ad-free, sign up for the Savage Premium Membership and get access to ad-free podcasts as well as some premium content from our Savage Archives. How do you sign up for those ad-free podcasts? please visit michaelsavage.com for a link. Again, thank you for your listenership. This is Michael Savage.